Welcome to the Pillars for Purposeful Motherhood podcast. I am Brita Wallace, and I am so happy that you are tuning in. So make sure that you hit that plus sign in the upper right-hand corner to follow so you can tune in to new episodes and also stay tuned for expert guest speakers coming up on the show. I have quite the lineup building, so you definitely want to stay tuned for that. Speaking of which, we have an amazing guest today, Michelle DeKaiser. Michelle is a wife and a mom of three kids who participated in various mom groups, um, ran a few of them, and even joined some book clubs, but envisioned something different as she found herself looking around, still wondering what uh, did she like to do anymore that didn't involve the kids' activities. As she worked to discover her own passions, she realized that there is no one-size-fits-all Uh, program, but the true key to figuring out your passion and making your goals happen is finding connection in a supportive environment. Therefore, her new mission is to help other mamas find their passions while being more present with their families in a supportive, empowering environment surrounded by grace. She has started spreading this message throughout YouTube, Instagram, and her blog. She holds an MA in education and spent eight years dedicated to the classroom before having a family. So without further ado, let's welcome Michelle to the show. Hi, Michelle. Brenna, thanks so much for having me on today. So excited to be here. Yes, I'm excited to have you here too. Finally, right? We had this messed up a little bit. So, and we've both had some sickness going on in our families. Um, so I'm glad this happened for sure. Me too. It's exciting. <laughs> it's been great getting to know you along the way though. We've had a lot of chats together. I know we've got to chat more because of that. So that's awesome. All, all the hiccups that have happened. Um, so today Michelle is here to talk about loneliness in motherhood. So which man, we all have experienced that as a mom at some time or another, right, Michelle? Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, it's such an important topic to talk about because it's not something we all want to admit or talk about that we go through as moms. Moms often face that alone and they're not big on reaching out for that connection piece. So that's, you know, loneliness and connection um, is really where we're going to go with this episode today and talking about, you know, for me, when I became a mom, that was my biggest transition was like stepping into my role as mom and not all these other things because I was just a stay at home mom. And I was used to doing so many other things at once, which I got back on in gear to doing that. (laughs) But in the beginning, it was that transition and that loneliness that came with that and the lack of connection that I felt. But there were so many things in my life that... I felt, well, my friends are just in a different stage of life as me, right? Like, so it's hard to, you know, I understand why this friend doesn't want, like they don't have kids, so they don't want to come do the things that I'm doing right now. Or, you know, I didn't have a lot of support and I didn't know where to get that connection, you know, um, for a while, it it was definitely an adjustment. So, um, transition. Yeah, it was a transition for sure. Um, so what made you want to help moms in this area, Michelle? Well, I want to back up for just a second before I answer that question, because you said the phrase, which I've been working on myself, is we use the phrase, just a mom. Right, right. And I heard, no, but but I, I feel like we, we, it's that talk in our head, like that negative self-talk that we keep doing and like, we're just this. Right. And so 
yes, we are moms, but there is more to us. And that's the part that we want to uncover again. But somehow in that transition from, as soon as that baby's put in our arms, like something happens. And like, then also it's like, that's all we can do. And then we say, well, we're just the mom. Right. And so let's try to, that's just try to start answering your question then, Liz, how do we get past that? How do we say that we're more than that? Right. I mean, we all love our families. We're committed sure. to helping them grow and everything. But inside of that, we can't lose ourselves. Yeah. A lot, some way along the way, we're like, oh, all we have to do is we can schedule for them. Nobody's business got their activities, got everything down. But when's the last time you scheduled some time for yourself in there? Mm-hmm. That's so and true. we have to do that though. Like mm-hmm. just as we schedule their stuff, we need to schedule our stuff too in there. And so as you're saying, like, I didn't know how to make time to go out with my friends or do this, or they might not want to do that. But even so, we can still figure out how to make that schedule happen. Like we right. all of a sudden just say we can't. And it becomes a habit. I think once you make that first decision, I can't do this. I don't, I, I don't have time for this. I'm too tired. And then it just becomes easier to make that decision over and over again. And right. so then we get into the state where we just feel lost and we're stuck. And like, we, we enjoy our families, don't get me wrong, but we want a little bit more. So the question is then what do we do to get that? Because some of us might be in the beginning stage where that hasn't happened to us yet, or it's just starting, or some of us might be in a place that we were both at and then wanting right. to figure out what to do more. And that's, I, I think where I'm feeling where I'm talking to a lot more of the moms at the moment where I mm-hmm. was at, um, right. how Me do we too, rediscover right. ourselves again? Yeah. And it's, it's, it's simple and it's hard at the same time because it starts with that decision-making again and that, um, when you look at it, it's, it's starting again with asking yourself one simple question. What do I like doing? Mm-hmm. And I still ask myself some of that times. I'm like, even my husband, well, he, he knows that I like focus on that. And he'll be like, well, what do you want to do to him? I'm like, I don't know. We got all those things we need to do. Like, what do I want to do? Like mentally, you have to think about that every day. And like, yeah. but the more you start doing it and when um, I have this process called check-in and the first letter stands for curiosity. And so the moment you start opening up the curiosity to that question, what do I like doing? Mm-hmm. And then intentionally planning the next day or even that day of 10 minutes, talking about like small portions, like a 10 minute, what am I going to do that I'm going to enjoy? Like it right. might be something around your kids, but it might not be. Like, right. but it's something you intentionally said, like, for instance, over the holidays, going through all the things. And I did a whole 12 days of genuine connection about like, how do we reconnect with what we like as holidays? And one of the things I actually love doing is going to look at lights. However, the last four times we try to go look at lights, two times we've had to turn around because the kids are fighting so much Aww. and all that starts to like bottle up and you're like, okay, well, I just want to do this. So we had to do the hard times of sitting with my son and, and talking with him and trying to figure out why he was so upset. I think it turns, we think it has to do with the fact they didn't want to write his paper. Not quite sure still, but once we finally got that out, we finally made it to the lights. <laughs> we yeah. gotta go with Santa and we gotta go, but it's part of that figuring out what do you want to do? Is it worth the effort that goes with it to get there? Sometimes it is effort for us to, to actually make it there. But that was one thing I want to do is just, can we go have a nice family night where we enjoy the lights together? Cause that's one of the holiday memories I want to have with you guys. Right. And so once we finally got that through and we made it as a family. So like, that was so exciting to get there and get in line. And then of course you get there on a Saturday night instead of Friday, when Friday we drove past it and there was no line. Saturday night, there's a huge line around the park and like we have to wait in line. 
So we went in and did all the Santa stuff first, which actually worked out really well. And then when we came back around the line, only was like 20 minutes, but oh, it's that process of, of making that decision though. This is what I want to do and right. I'm going to work to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And we so often just say, well, the kids want to do this or the kids want to do that. So I'm going to do this. Right. And we don't ask ourselves that question anymore. Mm-hmm. Or we fill our kids' schedule, schedule. Act full or allow that to happen. Um, because we do have the choice. We have the power to say, you can do 10 sports and all the things and take up all of the time that our family has. And then where is that connection going? Where, you know, like, where are those connections in your home? Because that's what I always ask myself. Like I, my husband and I agree that we always want our kids to be doing something. you need to do something that's how you number one i believe as they get older they stay out of trouble you know you're you become team oriented you become a part of something that is important you become i mean even if it's just playing an instrument i'm not just playing an instrument i guess i should probably eliminate that <laughs> instruments my one guy will probably, it. my one guy will probably be he will probably play an instrument or do something of that sort, like um, be in the arts, you know? Um, And the other one will definitely be in sports. I can already see it, you know, it's their personalities. So, and, but, so whatever it is, you're still a part of something, right? You're still part of something bigger. You get to figure out what you like to do because that's important. You don't want to like send these kids out in adulthood and be like, I have no hobbies and know what I like to do except for, you know, go party on the weekends with my friends or, you know what I mean? Because I think it's very easy, especially in the, in the times that we're raising kids right now for them to choose to go down a different path. And I'm in grad school for uh, marriage and family therapy. And, you know, we have to study human development. I'm a human development major in my undergrad. Um, And it's so prevalent, you know, like teenage drinking starting in middle school even. Um, And this has become the norm in our society. So I think it is really important that if we want our kids to not follow that path, not saying that they're not going to, um, but I think that we can help them along to do things to avoid them from going down that path. At the end of the day, they have free will. We can do all we want and um, and try to, you know, deter that. And that's a whole, com- this is a whole conversation for another time, but, um, or we can have them do something else, you know, have those important conversations and then have them do something else. So our kids always have to be doing something, which I got off on. A rabbit hole there for a minute so but I don't want my kids to be doing everything and they're not going to allow they're not going to be allowed to because I don't want them taking up so much of our time our spare time that we don't have any time together to build our relationships to build our connections within our families or to build those connections with other people as well like Family is very important to us. That's one of our values. We're very family oriented. So we want to spend time with our family, not just inside our own walls, but our extended family too. We want to be able to go do things with them. If we're filling our calendars packed full 
with everything that the kids have going on, there is no room for anything else. And I see that in a lot of families. Do you see that as well, Michelle? Where I do as well. I mean, because essentially it comes down to the connection. Right, absolutely. Because somewhere along the line society, we, though somewhere in society, we start valuing identity and doing it ourselves. Right. And we lost that village idea, that mentality that it takes a village, you know, we, we say it, but do we really mean it? Right. And it's, but it is true. Like we should not be doing it alone. I mean, you think about how much, how much fun is it to do all this stuff by yourself? Like Mm -hmm. it's more fun when you do the play date or where you go with other moms or you do it together and you get a chat and you get to have that, you know, that camaraderie together. And so we, somewhere we lost that thinking that we have to do it all alone, ourselves alone. And then we put the shame or guilt in ourselves if we can't or feel lost because we're trying to and can't do it. Mm -hmm. We're not designed to. We're designed to have that connection. We're designed to do that together. Yeah. And in many other cultures, they don't do it alone. This is a Western society thing where we're like so busy and, you know, a lot of families in other cultures, they still live very close together. They live together um, with extended family members and they do life together. And it really is. Um, they really do live by that saying, you know, it takes a village and they all pitch in and they all take care of kids. That's not so common and accepted um, in our culture here today, um, especially, you know, in the U.S. So I think that it's really important that we focus on connecting with the members of our family first and figuring out, you know, like, okay, if there's so many things on our schedule where I can't connect with my family members and I can't connect with myself, then we have to reevaluate and say, what is important and what's, um, what can I quit? Because a lot of times as moms, we don't think we can quit things and we can, and we should, um, we should be reevaluating that time. I think at least quarterly, you know, really looking at where we're spending our time and saying like, okay, like here we're spending a lot of wasted time and this will bring up some white space in our calendar, in my calendar to be able to do something for myself, um, to be able to do something with my spouse, to be able to do something with my kids for us to do things together as a family. I really truly believe we can do that on a daily basis and a weekly basis. If, and still be able to do the things that make us busy. And um, obviously things come up like sickness and things, and you have to just, you, I don't wanna say you have to like live in survival mode sometimes, but sometimes you do go there as a mom. I was thinking about that last week when we were sick and you know, the week before I had one kid homesick and then last week I was sick with my other kid, there was a lot of things I had to quit and say, hey, like I have to focus on these kids and getting healthy. And I felt like I was living in survival mode, not doing much for myself um, other than taking care of myself. But I had to remind myself, this is doing something for me. I quit the things to take care of myself and the baby that's in my belly. And that's the best that I can do right now. And you have to remind yourself of that sometimes, you know, like, this is taking care of me. Maybe it's not exactly what I want to be doing right now. Um, but you know, it's something that I, I have to do to make sure that I'm well, so I can get back there right to doing those things. But I am a true firm believer 
in connecting 10 minutes a day with each member of our family, um, even, and that includes the connection we have with ourselves, even if it's 10 minutes, it makes a difference doing something one-on-one with each of those members. If I don't sit down and talk to my husband every day, then our relationship is definitely different. Would you agree? Like if we're not, like we can Um, sit down and have dinner and do all the things with the kids and the family. But I mean like him and I just sitting down and talking. um, And we have to be intentional about that sometimes. Our relationship is different even if we just sit down for 10 minutes and talk because we're connecting. It makes a difference. We think we don't have the time, but we do. Um, And obviously I think like, yes, we should spend more time than that in a perfect world. But I don't believe that, I believe 10 minutes will suffice, especially it's a good place to start. So So I think though, a lot of that might sound a little bit overwhelming to some of the listeners. What I'm thinking though is, what it really starts though is really that connection with yourself because you want to rediscover what lights you up again because honestly right, when right. you're actually like generating what like when you ask yourself that question what do i want to do today and you start answering that question then you start going direction and you start to have actually more genuine connections with your kids for instance um, for a year my kids my two my kids were taking taekwondo and then I'm the one who directed that Taekwondo. And then all of a sudden I realized, well, it's family Taekwondo. Why am I not doing it with them? Right. And right. when my youngest did it, then I set up and all four of us then were doing it together too. But it was something I wanted to. It wasn't like I was forcing right. myself to. Right, right. And so it's more when we start looking at the things that we want to do to have that connection. And actually my son and I just last weekend got our black belts together. That's awesome. So we made it all that way. And it was a lot of pressure to get up there and do But it was something we were doing together. So I think it's more that we start exploring what we want to do. And then we start, that's the way we find the friends as well. It's because we are going towards the things that we like doing rather than trying to people please. A lot of times we're thinking we're being busy and we're doing these things and we're trying to make friends with things we might not want to do. And then those aren't the genuine connections we really need or want. Yeah. So once we start going in that direction towards what we want to do, we start having those conversations with our husbands. And I notice with my husband though, sometimes the conversations I don't, I'm not ready to have with him. I need to have with other women first. And then I can take that cliff notes version to him. Yeah. Right. And then we have a better connection because that's all he wants anyways. He doesn't want the whole blah, 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 that I need to get out. Nope. Um, feel like, um, So I feel like for the listeners, the first step is just to start moving towards what you like doing again and then exploring that as you bring it with your family and trying to ask, find activities or things that you can do that show that that they're also interested in start trying to find some of that common ground rather than just saying, oh, we need to do this activity. We need to do this activity. We're already signed up for this. Right. And start reevaluating which ones they want to do, which ones you want to do with them or what. Mm -hmm. I mean my daughter want to do soccer all of a sudden. And I'd coached my other daughter's team, which I've never coached before my other daughter's team. Um, and so this is my second year coaching, second time coaching, but it was more of a dynamic to most parents are like, Oh, well, I'm going to stay away from that. I'm not going to do that. Like it's too much work, but that's the mentality. Like I haven't done it yet. Mm-hmm. And so it really wasn't that much. I mean, it was a little time consuming, but the connection, the, the fact that my daughter saw me doing this and I was doing it with her, that connection was priceless that I want to have got a different way. And so it's more, and I'm not saying that you need to go coach soccer, but just to find those connections that you want right. to do with your kids. Maybe you like drawing 
-hmm. and you're like, oh, well, can I show you how to draw? Or you like playing the piano and like, can I do that with you? Like whatever you want to do, or maybe it's something you want to learn, learn it with your kids. Yeah. So let's do this together. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I agree. I mean, if you're not filling your buckets and you're not doing things for you on a daily basis, um, you cannot run on empty and take care of everybody else and connect with everybody else if you're not connecting with yourself first. So I totally agree with you that that really has to start with ourselves. And I know so many moms that I have coached that have said, I have no idea what it is I like to do anymore. And I think when I was saying earlier was that when I became a stay-at-home mom, I felt like I was just a mom, you know, like that was all that I had to do. Not that that's all I was, but I was, you know, trying to find a new, my new identity while keeping my old one. And it was like you said, was that transition. And I wasn't sure, you know, I focused so much of my energy on becoming a mom and that transition that I forgot about myself for a while. And it took a while to get back there. Um, And then you hear, you know, a lot of moms think that, you know, oh, making time for me or taking care of me is selfish. Uh, And it's this stigma that we need to get rid of because if we're not taking care of ourselves first, we cannot successfully take care of anybody else or connect in meaningful ways with anybody else, even our friends or anybody, we can't give to ourselves or we can't give to others in the way that we really want to, or that's optimal um, if we're not giving to ourselves first. So it's like putting on that, you know, putting your mask on, on a plane first, you can't, you know, you can't help anybody else if you're on the ground passed out, right? You need to put that on first to be able to be of use of anybody else. And I found a meme, And I actually use it in my trainings, in my master classes, where it shows like mom self-care with her putting an oxygen mask on. And I was like, this is the best thing I ever found because it is really true. We do really need to start there. So I'm glad that you brought that up, Michelle, is that like starting there first is really where we need to go. And then we can work on building on those other things and figuring out, you know, what do I want to do? What do I want my kids to do? Um, but making sure that we have time to do that. So, and also being okay with the fact that it's probably changed from pre-kids, like whatever you, some of your likes and stuff may be the same, but they may not. And you might have grown because of some of the interests of your kids, but it's just being able to answer, like I said, getting back to that question, just being able to answer what you like and going for that, whether it's doing those activities with your kids, taking time to do it by yourself whatever you need to do to make sure because when your light starts to shine because you're excited about what you want to do when your kids get on board for instance right. starting uh this entrepreneurship that i was doing i was like oh well i'm just gonna take away from my family i'm gonna take away from my kids like i, I this is just ridiculous then the mom guilt just pours on right what i would never foresaw was my kids wanting to help me right. wanting to make a youtube video or wanting to do a short or my son wanting to edit it like I would never have forced on there like excited to ask the moms, how your, how's your business going? How many clients are you getting? Like I would never have foresaw that anyways. And now they're seeing the model of what it, what it, what they could be rather right. than me just feeling bad and like, oh, I got to take care of everything that they're doing. Right. Um, and the, just the questions that they asked that I would never foresee, foresaw before this. 
And it's just exciting to see that and to see them, their eyes lighting up. I mean, my son now wants, possibly wants to do a YouTube channel or podcast himself on cooking. But those ideas would never have come had I just not tried to go in this direction and kept asking myself that question over and over. And by asking myself that question, I realized I can't be alone. Like I, which is why I'm so passionate about wanting to help other moms figure this out because we deserve it. Mm -hmm. We deserve to feel lit lit up every day and bring that to our families and have, we only get our kids for so long. I mean, my son is about to turn 12. He's going to, he's been in my house longer than he's probably going to be at this point um, already. And knowing that like, well, he leaves the door, what's going to be left for me when he's gone if I don't keep starting this process now of what do I want to do? Yeah. And so I don't want other moms to feel like two two and then and blink of an eye, they're gone. Mm-hmm. But if you didn't enjoy the time that they were in your with you anyways, what was the point of all of it? Right. Absolutely. I totally agree. Um, Michelle, so why do you think moms and motherhood feel so lonely to moms? So I want to speak directly to the moms because I feel that somewhere along the lines like I said, society, we told ourselves that we need to do this alone yeah, and that we should do this alone. And mm-hmm. that if we can't do this alone, then we're doing something wrong. Yeah. I want to say that that's not true. Mm-hmm. We should be doing this together. We should be supporting each other. We should be lifting each other up, not, not looking on Facebook and being envious of each other. But if you are, if you do like what someone did, well then go ask that person, what's that like? How do, how do I do it? Rather than saying, I can't do that. Like right. learn from each other. Mm-hmm. Like it's not about they have this and I don't have this. Why can't I have this? It's like, let's learn from each other and see if that's even what we wanted. Because right. a picture is the end result. We don't know what it took to get to that picture. Absolutely. And, and when you learn that process, you're like, oh, never mind. That's not for me, but this might be. So right. it's, it's getting past this social media presence that this is what it needs to look like. Mm-hmm. No, what it needs to look like is that you are making those connections with your kids, that you're being present with them and that you're enjoying what you're doing. And like I said, even the lights for me, it was a difficult process to get there, but we have to be willing to have those conversations with our kids and going through that and not just saying someone else will do it. Right. Like I I basically sat in the hallway with my son for probably 45 minutes, mostly silent, just because I knew that's, I can see myself and him and how I felt and and trying to say like, I'm just gonna be here with him and wait for it till he's ready to talk. Yeah. I'm going to force at him if I have to, but we, we did get there, but it's being, going through those times. I mean, that's not what I wanted to do, Right. but the loneliness comes when we're not making those genuine connections, yeah. when we're trying so hard to people please, when we're trying so hard to do what others, we think what others want, which might not even be the case. Right. Yeah. So when we shine towards our light and we attract people to that light, mm-hmm. then we start to have those genuine connections. We start to see what our kids need and how we can have those fun times with each other. And then we're gonna meet new people, new moms, new other women, new yeah. other people that we wanna socialize with and have some fun with. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Is that when you felt lonely in your motherhood was? For me, I would, um, like I said, with the book clubs and running the mom's group, like I would be great when we're at an activity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or I'm at, I can picture clearly being at like a, uh, I think it was a Bible study, but it was like a mom's group orientate like that. And so we'd be at our table, our yellow table, and it'd be these great discussions, right? 
-hmm. But then the next day, there's this down part. And then I didn't feel com comfortable enough to reach out to these women, like for yeah. free in person in this in this format. Yeah. But afterwards, when I felt like I really need someone, what do I do now? And that's right. where I felt like, and then you've been, of course, and you look on social media, like, oh, well, these, they have all these people. Like, it's just must be just me. Like, I don't have anyone to reach out for. It must just be me. And like, everyone else is good. And, you know, I'm sure everyone else at the old table was reaching out to each other if they need something or they just don't need anything because they can just do it on their own. And right. so those are the thoughts going through my head and yeah. not, and so then it brings that loneliness feeling like it's just me. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of moms feel that way, but it's not just you. It's, okay. it's what we do to ourselves because we're afraid to reach out and yeah. it's hard to reach out and it's hard to be that vulnerable saying, I do need help. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, if someone asks you for help, what is your response to them? So, and you use it for me, at least I'll jump out and help someone. Right. 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 So like they asked for help, they needed it. Like, so it's, it's gotta be reciprocal though. Like you need to be able to say like, it's my turn, like I need this. And so knowing that as a society, we've kind of ingrained this identity to be independent, to do this on our own, is what brought me to want to create Connecting Mamas because yeah. I wanted to give that um, first baby step for them, mm -hmm. start for them, to give yeah. them that space to learn how to connect again, to give them that time, to give them that group, that virtual group that they can take with them to have that safety net that I didn't necessarily have when I was going through it because right. it's hard to make that first step. Again, yeah. these are all baby steps. And mm -hmm. we learn this pattern when we came the moms and we decided yeah. I'm too tired, I'm too busy, I can't do this. And so we started that habit. Now we got to unbreak that habit. How yeah. do we do that? Yeah. And so again, it's, we can't just jump into the deep end and say, okay, I have all these friends and we're gonna go out every night and we're gonna do all this and it's gonna be yeah. great it's still going to be baby steps. And right. so we have to go small steps to do that. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, one of the things, so when I did have my first son, I was in Bible study with a great group of girls. We became really good friends. We were good at reaching out to each other um, and doing things together. We were all really busy and had our own lives, but we like, so the Bible study was through our church. They did it like twice a year. And we just all like fell in love with each other so much that we continued this Bible study. We were like, let's just do this and continue to do this. And we met up and it wasn't like, it was structured. We got through our study, but it was like, what do you need? Like, let's have a conversation. We always started with a conversation first. And like, what is it that you need in your life? And what can we be praying for you about? And really connected. And it was like this sisterhood and it was amazing. And we decided my husband and I, he got a job offer to go back to New York and we moved back to New York. Um, and that was really hard for me for a while, like not having that in my life anymore. And there were times in the beginning when I first had my son where I just was like, I'm just so tired. And I, I don't think I'm going to go to Bible study. And my husband would say, you will regret that. Like you need, like you need this, like, this is your thing, you know, like just getting with this group of girls, because I was so full, you know, from this event that we had gone to 
or like this, this, uh, you know, this event that we created and I had gone to every week. Um, and he would, you know, a lot of times after I became a mom, I would say that and he helped push me to keep doing that. We moved back to New York. I had a transition of, a, my mom was there. So like I, but I did feel very lonely in New York in a lot of ways at first. Um, and then I got offered to run the children's ministry at my church and I took on this leadership role and had this amazing group of people, 62 volunteers I oversaw, wow. which was the biggest ministry in our church. Um, and it was just such a blessing to be a part of that and to um, build connections there. And then when the mm -hmm. pandemic happened, my pa our pastor was like, We're, I'm not going to lay any of you off but you have to provide pastoral care to your teams. So you need to make sure that you're calling them and touching base with each member of your team every single week and making sure, you know, you're responsible for if they need anything, making sure that we are aware of what they need and getting, you know, talking about that in our staff meeting and making sure that we're helping meet these needs of the members of our church, right? So as much as it was 62 volunteers to reach out to every single week, it was such a blessing for me to be able to do that. I was, I thought I already had like good connections with my volunteers and the people, um, you know, that volunteered for me in my ministry, but it was it was so much deeper when I was connecting with them on a personal level every single week, praying with them and for them, figuring out like, what is it that you need right now? Do you need anything? A lot of people lost their jobs, you know, like how can we provide and help you be of service to you and really connecting with them. And when I, we moved back to Michigan cause that's where we feel like we're supposed to be and called and when I had to let that go, I went through another season of loneliness because it was, it was a transition, right? So I think that sometimes in motherhood or like, because now, and then, you know, my kids were sick so much last year um, that we hardly made it out in the community at all. So this year, even though we've been sick like twice in the past five weeks, like it was started at the end of August last year and went through the whole entire winter. My baby ended up with pneumonia. I mean, it was just oh. insane. Yeah. So it was just so isolating and lonely. Like, and there was nothing I could do about it really, except I did actually do a virtual Bible study with my Bible study girls that are in a different part of Michigan. Um, which was really awesome last year. So that probably saved me some <laughs> because well, that's, that's just it. That's, that's even why my program is virtual, just because it's a starting place and it's a, a group that can go with you anywhere if it's virtual. Right. But it's, but it's almost like, again, those baby steps, because we go through right. these transitions, because yeah. we're always changing, like we need that, that consistency though, to get started. And then you have that support to then bring it into your, like, in-person stuff because right. it takes time to work up to that Absolutely. and I know vulnerability has been such a buzzword lately mm -hmm. but we don't need to be vulnerable to everybody right but 
you need to be vulnerable to some people and you need to learn how and when to do that. Yeah. And it's not always easy and it takes that little dance. And so to really learn those skills. And again, we keep thinking we're supposed to already know how to do these things. That's, right. that's what it comes down to is I should know how to do it again, should. I should know how to do this already. I, there's no reason why I should be learning it from anyone. I should just know. They're not innate things. Right. We create such, our sites create such this, we live in our little boxes, we drive in our little boxes, we keep to our lane. And all of a sudden try to move that lane, it's, you get anxiety. You, right. you get those feelings inside that, that, that are part of your instincts, part of your chemistry that need time to process and needs way to do that um, safely before you just jump into the deck and say, oh, let me, let me go and like make the best friend ever. It's right. same thing with relationships, right? Mm-hmm. If you're having struggling to find a relationship. It's, it's like, whenever you're looking, seems like you never find anything, right? It's when you stop right. looking because you're not putting so much pressure on it and, and the body chemistry and the anxiety and everything. Same thing with mother, when we're making friends in motherhood and those transitions, because we're going to go through, we're going to have friends that move. We're going to, just like our kids do, we're going to help our kids transition through that. And so we need the skills to be able to cope with that. Right. And, and it's not an eight moms. You don't think that you should know these, like that's why we have each other to talk yeah. it out, to get that safe space, to work it out together. Mm-hmm. Um, I can go get the self-help book, you know, I can take it off the shelf and I can learn everything I need to do, but until you take the action to do it, mm-hmm. it's meaningless. And right. honestly, it's hard to do it by yourself because you have no sounding board. You have no other, no one else to witness you, to acknowledge it. I can talk to myself in the mirror, but that doesn't mean that um, I'm finding that safeness with another person, yeah. which is what we really need for that true connection. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, like when we get feel that anxious, uh, that anxiety build up, and you've mentioned this a few times, um, is that we tell ourselves these things, right? We end up telling ourselves these false narratives. The other person or people are probably not even thinking those things, you know, like, are, you know, like are aware that we're feeling this way because of their posts or like whatever. So a lot of times it's us telling ourselves these stories. And I feel like if we're just talking to ourselves, that that's a very dangerous slope that we can get on. You do need a voice of reason in your corner. I have a friend who I did ministry with. She will never say she was my boss, but she was. I reported to her. I answered to her. Um, she is my best friend. We. She lives in Washington State. They left New York right after we did. So the summer, they, it was already in the works. For them, her husband works um, for Washington State University. He's a professor there. Um, and we pray and we talk every single week for probably at least an hour. We're always like, okay. Like sometimes we're like, we only have a little bit of time. And then we're like on the phone forever. She is like, especially with moving to a different Uh, part of Michigan where the friends that I do have in Michigan are not close by or the family is not close by and you know getting out in person to meet people has been difficult in some aspects I'm slowly getting there through baby steps by you know going out and doing things I sub at my son's school so I'm meeting people there um it's an environment that I like to be in he goes to a private Christian school 
I jumped on joining Bible study when they had one to meet people and to be involved. And that's something that I enjoy doing. I like doing that and I like doing it with others. I do Bible studies on my own all the time, but I prefer to do them with other people. So I missed half of them because of the sickness, but I still joined and was able to go. And when I could go, I went, you know? So like, exactly. But my friend, Kelly, you know, she's been my sounding board, really, you know, like we're able to, I still have this person, you know, I didn't take the 62 people that were on my ministry and she's not included in that number. She, you know, was working on it. Like she ran the whole entire children's ministry. I ran the preschool Mm -hmm. ministry. Um, And I reported to her. She's always like, used to call me her ministry partner, which is just so... So humbling. <laughs> so I'm like, well, really, you're kind of my boss, right? But she never ever said that. Um, there's one person from that, and I have other friends from that ministry. We don't talk every day, we don't, or every week, we don't, you know, um, and I love those people dearly, but we don't have that type of connection. You know, I this is the person that I'm vulnerable with. This is the person that I tell everything to. Like I, my deepest, darkest moments and secrets. And because she's not going to judge me and we're going to pray about those things together because we have faith together. And I know that she is my safe place. So I am grateful that I still have that person as I'm going through this transition, being in a new place, even though we've been for a while. So it does take time. It's not like, and I do have these skills because they've been learned, right? Like I didn't just, they're not innate. They don't so hard. So it's, it's been a process for me to learn them. And I think working in ministry and leadership positions really helped me grow in that area because I had to, right? Um, I had to build these connections with people. I'm good at connecting with people anyway, but I had to build these connections on a deeper level um, and in a different way. And so over you know the past five years or so i have learned these skills and it's taken time it's taken a lot of baby steps um but it's still difficult for me with the things that i have going on in my life or just because of the age that we are or whatever it's like you don't it's not like you go to middle school or high school and you meet a new best friend tomorrow right like those relationships have to be nurtured. They have to be built. They have to, you know, I do have one friend here that I would say is probably my closest friend. We walk together. We do things together. We go on to a retreat together. The past, I met her at a retreat last year um, and, and she lives right around the corner for me. And slowly, I mean, we're not like super duper close, but slowly we are building this friendship and connection, right? Um, but it takes time. Those things take time. So really having that person, um, or, you know, like you said, you can't just, I've met several people here, but I haven't gotten vulnerable and opened up to every single one of them. Um, and even, you know, the few friends that I have made here, our friendship isn't like best friend level or, (laughs) you know what I mean? Because you're still building those connections and, and it takes time. And especially when you're an adult. you have a lot more things going on and, um, in your life and, and those relationships take a lot more nurturing. So 
it does take time even through the transitions of things Um, even when you have those skills so it is important that we know you know what it is that we like to do and get out there and do those things and then um those connections they build slowly that's the way they're meant to build build though so like even when we're going through those things we just have to give give ourselves grace and yeah I mean if you can find somebody that you can be vulnerable with and connect with on a deeper level even just one person that's so huge so it's it's makes all the difference because I mean we are not designed to do this alone no we shouldn't do this alone no way but um we do need to schedule it as well like we do need to put time in there for ourselves as well Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's kind of part of it as all is just saying that I we always say this I'm too busy for that right were you too busy to find some joy (laughs) and we're really like that's what we're designed to do is to be together in this and do it together and go towards what's bringing you joy Mm-hmm. And when you do that, that's when you start to meet the other people. The other thing I want to suggest to the audience was when you're looking for those connections or just in general, it's start to get in the habit of, for instance, you're getting your coffee and you're like, you might make it like a sentence conversation. Try to ask one more question. Yeah. Like, again, it's, it's habit. So it's just starting that process that if you keep asking like one more question when you're at the grocery store to someone who asked you for something, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's, you never know what's going to happen from it. Right, but it's, it's right. also opening you up to being more social because it, it you have this holding it in sense to it. Like, I can't do that. I, you know, I'm going to keep to myself. I'm answering the question. I'm done. Right. But the right. more we start to be curious and open and like, oh, I was interested or even giving the person a compliment or asking them a question about something else. And we start to just learn new behaviors, learn to be more open. Um, yeah. You never know what's going to happen. Mm. So Michelle, how do you think we make those genuine connections with others? So you believe we talked about this a little bit um, and I was talking about like where I found those connections, um, but what would you say, you know, to the mom who's wondering like, how do I work to make these genuine connections in my life with others? I think it comes down to again is making sure you're going to things that you like doing yeah because if you're like for instance say you're at the the playground with your kids right but it's not something you enjoy doing or like and then you're trying to make a friend like first of all you're uncomfortable you're like feeling awkward and then it's hard to make that but say you're love getting your nails done and like someone next to you seems intriguing and she's reading a book or something that might be your opening to ask them a question like going at the activities that you actually enjoy doing and finding that connection with the person just based on that versus um and seeing being open and curious to what's around you and looking at what other people are doing and then asking and approaching based on a connection that you see already yeah and then going from there not not when you feel uncomfortable awkward and not saying all the time that you should try do it when you're being curious and looking for yeah. that and seeing a connection with someone like, oh, that book looks really interesting. I can ask them a question about that book right? or whatever it is. Um, right. They picked up some interesting food at the grocery store. Like, I don't even know what that is. Like, go ask yeah. them about it or something if you like cooking or something. But I would say go towards, but again, you have to start by asking yourself, well, what do I like? If you can't remember what that is anymore. Start writing a list of that. Right. And being curious again with yourself. Then yeah. going out and looking for, um, other ways to do that 
Yeah, because I feel like if you're in an environment where you are uncomfortable or you don't want to be, then it's almost like you're forcing it. You're like really trying too hard to find that connection. Um, and it's forced, it's not genuine. So yeah, figuring out what you want to do. I think that's the theme of the this um, our talk today is figuring out what it is that you like to do, mom, so you can put yourself in those environments and get out there. And I mean, if you're not, like if you're totally introverted and used to being at home and you find things that you want to do um, and that you really enjoy, it might be uncomfortable at first. It probably will be because it's out of your comfort zone. But there is no growth in comfort. So yeah. if we're just sitting and doing all of the comfortable things, then we're not going to grow. We're just going to be stagnant and we're going to be where we are. Um, and sometimes for some people, that's okay. That's where they want to be. And if that's what you want, then, you know, that's your prerogative. But a lot of us don't. We want we want to grow. We want to not feel alone. We want to connect. I know when I just have that small talk, when I'm out and about, with somebody and I don't do it all the time. Sometimes I'm in like a closed right. off mood or I just need to get in and out and, you know, or I am in one of those moods and somebody will say something to me and then I'll be like, you know, just responding to them, asking questions or talking to me or building that connection with me. And then I, I always think, man, that made me feel a lot better. Like if I am in a mood or if I'm just, you know, feeling neutral or whatever, and I, you know, start a conversation with somebody, it always makes me feel better when I'm just, I mean, even if it's just like a small connection, we're never gonna talk to each other or see each other ever again in our lives. Um, even if it's something like that, it always makes me feel good, you know, to just connect with somebody else for just a minute. So I think that, you know, and that's probably not true for everybody. Some people are very introverted and don't want to talk to people all the time. So it doesn't feel good. And I to think them. you hit it when you said the word grow. Right. Like a lot of us, I mean, we all want to grow in some way, learn something new, do something. Cause we, we, we strive when we're doing something, we feel alive, it's sometimes uncomfortable. And so even as the introvert, if you found something that you want to enjoy, like you wanted to go to a book club because of the book they were reading. You want to go learn guitar and you want to take a class to do that. And then you meet people that way. So it's looking again, always back to what do you want to do? What would you want to grow in? Because honestly, when we stay stagnant, that's when we start to feel the fog, when we feel bored, when we feel yeah. lost, when we're not, I don't even want to use the word improving, but just growing ourselves, expanding right. our beings and reaching out to others. But again, to get that genuine connection, it's reaching out, not trying to people please, but reaching right. out to something that we want to do yeah. and yeah. find those connections. Mm -hmm. And when we don't, that makes it harder. And we're meant to grow. We're meant to learn. We're meant to move forward. We're not meant to just stay stagnant in our lives. And and I did say like, hey, like if that, if that's, if you're okay with it, then that's your prerogative. Um, but I feel like you have to, you have to want to be there too. You know, like nobody goes out and seeks change unless they want to, and they're ready for it. So I guess that's what I mean there. Um, when I say that, because I don't believe for one second that we are meant to stay stagnant in this life. I believe this life is a constant growth process and we're constantly changing. 
I often see, you know, people say like, well, they changed or this changed. We're supposed to change, Uh, hopefully for the better. (laughs) Hopefully we are growing forward and not moving backwards. Um, But we're meant to, it's, we're meant to change. We're meant to progress. We're meant to grow in our lives. Um, And that is what keeps us uh, you know, so end of life, I just had to study like end of life care. This is numerous times I had to study this, right? Because I'm a human development major and now I'm going into this. Now I'm in this master program. So we had to take a human development class with, you know, a counseling perspective and, or from a counseling perspective. And one of the things that happens when we get to end of life, if we don't move forward, if we're not growing, if we're not building connections. I mean, and this is like straight out of my textbook is like isolation and loneliness is huge when you get to end of life. And one of the things that counselors can help, um, you know, the elderly with is making sure they're not isolated and lonely. This is a huge thing. Um, and one of the things that we have to study on how to help, like if I was going to work with elder care, um, I have to study and be trained to know how to make sure that, you know, once the the elder population gets to a certain age, they're not isolated and lonely because this can be very detrimental for their health. And I believe this all throughout life, right? Um, but it's people have, you know, this ego integrity when they get to a certain age versus despair. And a lot of people, if you're just staying stagnant in your life and you're not moving towards growth, if you're not connecting, if you are isolated and lonely, you end up feeling despair at the end of your life. You have these regrets and all of these things, um, these negative feelings that come up and you're not a happy person. And then you feel anxious about death and you're not prepared for it because you feel like there's been so much wasted and we might think that we're okay, like just remaining stagnant and, mm-hmm. and just being where we're at in life, but you're going to get to a point in life if that is how you feel now. Um, and that doesn't change and you're not moving towards growth um, and positive change and and, do, and figuring out what it is that you love to do, that you will get to a point in life where you're going to feel that despair, right? I mean, it's scientifically proven that this is what happens to us if we allow those negativities to happen in our lives. So it's super important, you know, um, that we do know what it is that we like to do and start with that connection in our lives for ourselves and and making sure that then we branch out and, and find our people and the things that we like to do. So, yeah. Well, and just, I want to remind people that it's the feelings that we attach to. It's not, it's not the... Um, the events that happen or something is how we felt about it, that we yeah. remember things. Right. And so you're, as you're talking about the end of death, um, end of your life, it's making me think of an assignment that I was given that um, I'm still working on. What letter do you write on your deathbed? Like, what are some of the regrets that you had or what maybe you have no regrets, but plan that out, write that to yourself. Like the more vision that we have for what we want, the more we start to open it up to and what do we want the end of our year to look like our life to look like there's no reason that we can't have those thoughts now 
and work towards that and and not have those regrets at the right. end that some of some of the people you have to work with are going through what right. life this is our only this is our life what are you going to do with it mm-hmm. and what do you want with it and honestly the number one thing that when you come back to what are the things on your deathbed you're gonna remember the people you met and how they made you feel yeah yeah and so how do you want to make people around you feel mm-hmm. move towards your light light them up because you're lit up what's going on around you yeah Love it. I know I, I'm working on that every day. I struggle too. It's hard when the kids are screaming at you and stuff, but we give ourselves grace and do the best we can for that day. Right. But absolutely. We need to set that vision of what we want our lives to look like and have that moving us forward. Yeah. And in my course, that's where we start. We start with vision. So I have a, a course, as many of my listeners know, Pillars for Purposeful Motherhood. And we start with you know, what is the vision and the, the vision that you have for your family? Um, what is it that you want, right? To see happen in your family. What are your family? And we talk about family values that week too. What are your family values? Because this goes hand in hand together. It's like the vision that you have. Um, and then the second week we go into really focusing on self and making sure mom is focusing on herself. And then, you know, we go into other things, but it's so true. I believe like if you don't have a vision, if you don't know what it is that you value and what it is that you want, it is so hard for you to get to focusing on the other things in your life. Because when you lack vision, you do get into a routine of stagnation, right? You're just like, I do the same things every day after every day. Maybe I scroll on Facebook for an hour and I watch a mindless TV show. I like watching certain i'm do not watch tv very often this time of year i like to watch lots of christmas movies it makes me happy it brings me joy um and it's tv that i don't normally watch on a regular basis but it makes me happy it's not my life i don't sit here and like binge watch tv all the time and then i have certain shows that i've watched for a long time that i will uh, that I do like to watch. I don't watch them when they're on TV. I don't have cable. I watch them when I have time, but as silly as it sounds like I'm not a TV, like I'm not in front of the TV all the time. I'm way too busy. I wouldn't, I can be, if I like get into a show, like some of the shows that I like to watch, they will post them a series at a time. That's not good. I've been to watch it. Yeah. Right, because then I binge watch it and I'm like, oh my gosh, I just binge watched like 12 episodes and I we know that myself. Way too similar in that because I do the same thing. But, but I also know how I feel when I've been watched for a while. I'm like, right. okay, yeah. I know I need to stop because I, like when it's been too long, I start to feel like I don't feel well. Exactly. Um, not, that I, yes. not that I enjoy it and, and not right. that I'm going to feel guilty about it, but then I just like, okay, well now it's time to take a pause. And you know, sometimes but you need those times yeah. where you just say okay I'm just gonna you know I need some time just to enjoy and and just to relax but then you can start to feel like when it's been too much and like all of a sudden you're like okay time to like I I had my time had my downtime now it's time to get moving again and I can feel it and I I think it's funny with not funny but I think parallel with your pillars that like same thing with my check-in process I mean starting with that for me the curiosity which again is getting that vision started again and then H is honesty where we go into our values yeah. And so I think that it is core that we do these things 
however you do it, but that you need to define it for yourself because we run around thinking like, oh, I know all my values. I know this, I'm fine. But if I ask you the question, do you know your your top three values? Do you? If you can't answer the question, it's time to take that time. And if you don't want to do it alone, I mean, go to Britta's class, go to my class. I mean, but like, do it with somebody, go find someone else that you look up to. Like you don't have to do it alone yeah. and, and you don't need to just go pick up a book. Like that's, we aren't designed to do that. Like come do the camaraderie, come be part of it, get your accountability, get, that's what makes us do those things in the morning. Like, I mean, like when I get up, it's like, oh, well, I'm going to check in with this person. I didn't get this done yesterday. Okay. Well, I'm going to get this done because I'm meeting with them today. Like mm-hmm. it works people. Like, and it's funner. Huge. Like, it I is. shouldn't say funner because my kids have been giving me a hard time even trying to say more fun, funner. <laughs> but sometimes having it's these podcasts, listening funner. to podcasts, right? Doing <laughs> these things together, like that's what lights me up, and so yeah. that's what I'm going to keep doing. And so finding what lights you up, and right. doing with other people, because you know you're going to get ideas from listening to others. Right. Absolutely. The book, the book is great, and it's a good place to start. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's where you have to end. Like, and and if it's not one of our programs or what, just find some groups. Look for the growth. Look for yeah. a group that you're going to grow with. That yeah. you that, that you. That's what I recommend. Is if you want community, is find something that you think will be a good way for you to grow, and reach out for that. Absolutely. And that's what I recommend. Whatever program group, uh, meetup group, Facebook group, um, in person Bible study, whatever it is that spoke to you listen to your gut and go for it. Yeah. You got to take the action. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, and we need community, you know? So obviously maybe you're, maybe we're not there yet, but we do need it. So again, we need to be working towards, towards growing and, and that positive change. So Michelle, community for us. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Find the right one for you and it might take time. Yes. But keep trying. Keep trying. Yep. I'm looking for, I think I found my community. It's finding the people in the community that are my people, right? So, um, and I have many friends here where I am, like acquaintance friends, you know, like the neighbor across the street, we walk together, but they're, these at my house, these people are here seasonal. So this isn't somebody that I'm like super close with and can and depend on all the time, although, you know, we do things together when she's here and stuff, you know, but like finding that community here for me, um, building those connections within that community takes time. So, um, it's not, a like I said, it's not middle school or high school where you just have a new best friend <laughs> every week. It's like, you just, you know, like, Hey, you like that book. I like that book. Yeah. We are best friends now. We're going to do everything together for the next year. And then that phases out it's so I mean some of us last forever but that's normal for that time of year we're want to focus on building those genuine connections so they last a lifetime right um and it doesn't happen with everybody you just have that one or two people that it happens with and then uh and and then you grow from there so yeah yeah I know we're running out of time so I just want to recap for you guys because I think again just answering that question Mm-hmm. What lights you up? What are you curious about? What do you like doing? Starting yep. to answer that question and then using those answers to find you some group where you're going to grow with it. 
whether it's a Bible study, whether it's a book club, what, whatever your list shows, start looking for things that lead you in that direction. Yeah, absolutely. And then we'll find um, genuine connection. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, well, mamas, that's all that we have time for today. But before we go, Michelle has a special gift for each of you listener mamas out there. Michelle, would you tell us about the gift that you have for the moms today? Um, so, so yeah, so as I've been saying throughout the program, I do have a program called check-in. So what I have is a free mini course for you, which goes through each of the letters, C for curiosity, H for honesty, E for expectations, C for connection, K for keep listening and intentional now for the last two. And when you, um, you can go to connectingmamas.com and hit the free gift and you'll get instant access to each one has a four to five minute video and an activity for you to do. And if you like what you see, you can come do it with us in person. Yay! The gift is all yours to see, um, to just check in with yourselves and those around you. Yeah, that's awesome. And that is an awesome gift. So the link for that is posted in the description of the episode. As always, I always post the links there. So you can go get that. You can just click on it and it'll bring you right to the gift. Um, and let's thank Michelle for being here today. Thank you, Michelle. It's been an absolute for having pleasure. Me. Yes, for sure. Um, All I want to do is just have mamas bring more connections and let's light each other up and lift each other up rather than putting each other down. Yeah. That let's is raise the ships together. Mm-hmm. I love it. Okay, mamas, until next time, take care and God bless. Happy holidays. Yes, you too.